Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm going to share this morning from, let's see, from 1 Samuel, from 1 Samuel, and there's a lot of scripture uh, at the beginning here, and then we're just going to break it down. And I'll, I'll, I'll give an introduction after this. But 1 Samuel, I'll give you a moment, but 1 Samuel 1, and, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to start with 1 and read, I think, the first 18 verses. But 1 Samuel 1, it says, Now there was a certain man from the hill country of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, and Anne and Ephraimite. I actually, like you... I'm butchering these names. I'm not going to pretend like I'm getting them right, but I've listened to them the last 24 hours over and over and over and tried to repeat them. So if I skip it or mess it up, I'm sorry. I did my best. (laughs) He had two wives, and the name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Penaniah. And Penaniah had children, but Hannah had no children. Now this man would go up from from his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were priests to the Lord there. When, when, when the day came that Elginah sacrificed, he gave portions to Penaniah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had closed her womb. Her rival, however, would provoke her bitterly to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. Verse 7, it happened year after year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she would provoke her and she wept and would not eat. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep and why do you not eat and why is your heart sad? Am I not better to you than ten sons? Then Hannah rose after eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on a seat by the doorpost of the temple of the Lord, and she greatly, she greatly distressed, prayed to the Lord, and wept bitterly. She made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but remember but, but will you give, I'm sorry, but will you give your maidservant a son? Like she's not even asking for a child. She's asking specifically for a son. Then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and a razor shall never come on his head. Verse 12. Now it came about as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli was watching her mouth. As for Hannah, she was speaking in her heart, only her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. So Eli thought she was drunk. Then Eli said to her, How long will you make yourself drunk? Put away the wine, (laughs) put away the wine from you. And verse 15, But Hannah replied, No, my Lord. I'm a woman oppressed in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do do you not consider your maidservant as a worthless woman? For I have spoken until now out of my great concern and provocation. Then Eli Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant your petition that you have asked of him. And she said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went away and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Amen. All right, again... (laughs) 
it is it is Mother's Day, and 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 I didn't honor single mothers a few minutes ago either. And and like I think you all have some of the hardest jobs in the world, so I'll just say that. But it is as we celebrate Mother's Day today. I felt led to discuss or teach or preach or whatever you want to call it today. It'll probably be all of them. I felt led to, to, to preach on the idea that, that we all have the responsibility to give birth to a third grade awakening, to, to mother and to father it, if you will. And, and, and we, we so often we talk about like... like the Lord is sovereign, He's powerful, He makes up His own mind, but I, but I also believe we attribute too much to sovereignty when it comes to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And, and I, think, I, think it's, I think it's more the Lord waiting on us instead of us waiting on the Lord, if that makes sense. I think the Lord's just like very, very eager to begin to pour Himself out, okay? And so, so I want to talk about it from this perspective, if you will. Now, now the story goes that, that Hannah... She, she desperately wanted a child, and she was unable to, to produce a child. And, and uh, this is really hard, and this is really tough, and I know many, many struggle with this. But I don't want to look at it from, from infertility. I want to look at it from, from the mindset that, that the church in America, that for at least the last 250 years has not seen a... Let me uh, backtrack. There's been several. But let's see. We have not seen a sustained generational outpouring that that goes beyond five to ten to fifteen to twenty years but something that goes that's multi-generational and something that actually uh, uh, transitions into glory to glory if you will and so 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 we've yet to see it we've seen great tremendous outpourings in in the united states we've seen the first great awakening the second great awakening right we, we've seen azusa street we, we've seen the jesus people movement we've seen the holiness movement of the early 1900s we've seen all of these outpourings of the holy spirit but but i believe the lord is desiring to do something in this day and in this hour that that i has not seen and ear has yet to hear and it is, I believe again it is up to us as a people of God to see this thing birth here on the earth all right so it's like well well why hasn't this happened yet now it's happening let me let me back it's happening the Lord is starting to do things I think we're in the midst of I actually think what we're in right now we're in the midst of of, of this outpouring if you will we're in the midst of this move of God but but it hasn't came to fruition yet and, and, and I believe that, for lack of a better way, it feels like we're in this delay type of season. Now, I'll say this. Delays, delayed answers from God are actually demonstrations of His goodness. That's why in the Lord's Prayer, that's why in the Lord's Prayer we pray, lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. It's like we're, we're actually praying, like because the Lord doesn't tempt us, but we're actually praying, Lord, don't give us something that we're not mature enough yet to handle. And so here's this, here's this picture of Hannah not yet having given birth. And we look at, let's look at this. Verse 5, it says, but Hannah, which by the way, her name means grace, and Hannah... He, he would give a double portion to, for he loved her, but the Lord had closed her womb. So, so, 
So when he says he closed her womb, obviously the womb is the place where the child grows and where the child is, is, is incubated, if you will, and, 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 and where everything happens. But, but, but it says that he closed her womb. Now the word closed, that actually it does mean closed. It means shut up or to be shut up. But it also means this. When the Lord closed Hannah's womb, actually that word can be used for pure or to be made purified or to, to be purified or to be made pure, removing anything that did not need to be in that. And so it is a picture of the Lord taking Hannah through a purification process. It's the picture of the Lord taking Hannah through this process of removing the impurities. And so I think this is the picture. Why haven't we seen like, seen like the knowledge of the glory of the Lord cover the earth as the waters that covered the sea. Why haven't we seen that yet? It's because the Lord is taking us through this process of purification. He's taking us like He wants His church to be holy, okay? He doesn't want His church to dabble in sin. He doesn't want His church to struggle with sin. He wants a bride that is smoking hot and smoking pure, if you will, so that they don't struggle with things, so that when people come into this thing, they actually get free from their sin. And I don't want to be the type of people that say let me give you 10 steps for a coping mechanism but I want people to come into this environment and say I am set free from what I was struggling with because I received a degree of purification because the Lord started pulling things out of me and so I'll say this like uh, even this slowdown right here that we have been in it's been a time of purification in my own heart it's like when, when, when you accomplish everything that you have to accomplish in a few hours and you have lots more time, you start to think. And then if you listen to the Lord, he's like, boom, boom, boom. There's all kinds of stuff in there, buddy. You thought you were good, but there, here's, something that, here's something you need to deal with right here and right now. And so the Lord, this closing of Hannah's womb is a picture of purification. It's not a picture of cruelty because I believe that if he had not taken her through that process of purification, she would not have appreciated the gift that he had given her to the degree that she needed to appreciate it. And so it's like, why hasn't the Lord poured himself out? It's because I think right now we would think it would be us instead of him pouring himself out. And so he's refining us. He's making us holy. And, and he again, the, the world, I, I, this, I struggle with a lot of this stuff, and I'm just going to be really honest. There's all kinds of stuff out there where, where <laughs> man, there's all kinds of stuff out there. I do not think the church needs to bend to the world to attract the world. I think the church needs to bend to the Lord so that, so, and only to the Lord so that we become more attractive to a society that does not love Him. I'm, I'm not going to poll people who don't know Jesus to tell me how to reach them for Jesus. I'm going to go after Him as hard as I possibly can and maybe I'm going to look a little peculiar. Maybe I'm going to look a little different. Maybe I might even look a little bit weird or eccentric but you know what it's like man he might be weird he might be eccentric he might be this that or the other but he lives with joy unspeakable joy and he seems awful stinking free whenever he lives his life and the Lord's inviting us into this and so I say right now that whatever it is in your heart I'm, I'm telling you I know I know I know this because I've done this long enough that there's things that people are wrestling and struggle with do not receive guilt shame or condemnation if you're wrestling but receive this as an image invitation to say come Lord purify my heart cleanse my heart sanctify me through and through fill me with your spirit so that there's not anything in me so that you can begin to use me man 
He wants to give something. He wants to give birth to something that's pure. And I believe that we're on the cusp of the greatest outpouring the earth has ever seen because we've been in this waiting period where the Lord is purifying us. And that, 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 that him holding it back, it, it's, like, it's like, what do you really want? <laughs> like, and we've been in this season, April and I have been in this season. You know, we're, we've been thinking, like, what do we really want in life? What does the Lord want for us in life? But what do we want? How do we want to raise our son? How do we want to finish raising our son? How do we, I don't think you ever finish that, but how do you, how do you, you know, what are we going to do while he's under our roof? And, and why we're in preparation for, for wonder who's going to be coming later this year. It's like, what, are we, what do you want to do? What are some of the dreams and goals that we have? And, and, and the Lord, it's in this time of slowing down that the Lord begins to point things out that that's not really important to your growth. That's not really important to your relationship with me. That's not really important in the context of family. Just quit doing that. It's, it's the word, cl- again, I, I want to say this because I think this is so, so strong. But when it says the Lord had closed her womb, it means the Lord purified her womb. That is what that word translates as. Because he wants to give some birth to something so pure and so significant that it cannot be, it may be mocked, it may be ridiculed, but there's no chinks in its armor. And waiting, it stirs up, waiting, it stirs up brokenness and hunger. It stirs up brokenness and hunger. You know, verse 10, it says, She greatly distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. Distressed means that she she was almost to the point of bitterness. But she wasn't bitter. (laughs) There's been lots of things I've waited on the Lord for, and I got bitter waiting on it. And, and I had to repent and ask the Lord to change my heart towards those things. But that, that it means that she was bit, it means that she was anguished. It actually means that she was poisoned. She was distressed. She was poisoned. So it was like this thing that was within her was almost killing her because she wanted it so badly. And, and I think, what would it look like if us as a people wanted an outpouring of the Spirit so badly to the point that where it almost killed us? And like, like this is, again, if we're going to give birth to this thing, this is, I believe, this is what the Lord's waiting on. And you'll see this, you'll see this in the earth right now where there's great moves of the Spirit in local bodies, by the way, not just meetings, but local bodies where the Lord is pouring out His Spirit. It is people that want Him so badly that they rearrange their whole lives around it. They rearrange everything that they have to see this thing come. And so, so, so here's this picture of her saying, if, I, if you don't do this, this is going to kill me. If you don't do this, this is going to just mess me up for the rest of my life. And she ends up weeping bitterly, which means that she sobbed and she convulsed. I mean, it's like ugly snot bubble, like just, just totally undignified. Brett's saying that this morning, but totally undignified, crying out to the Lord saying, I need this son. I, I, I've been going through this process of purification. 
salvation because of your goodness. I haven't seen it yet, but I believe that you're still going to give it to me. I believe that you're still going to give it to me, and I have to have it. And she did not care about what was going on around her. The only thing that mattered was what was being birthed in her heart that she began to cry out to heaven to see come to fruition. And I think the Lord is looking for people that like, like I love what the Lord's doing here, and I miss the assembly of the saints, but this is not the highlight of what the Lord wants to do. What the Lord wants to do is, to, is for the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, again, to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. He's wanting people to be saved, healed, and delivered in the streets or at Walmart. He wants every single thing to begin to belong to Him. We were never meant to be a subculture on the earth. It's, it's like there's all kinds of subcultures. The Christian people were never meant to be a subculture. We were meant to be a people that begin to influence and to rule and reign because we walked in intimacy with Him and inviting more people into it to where it became the dominant culture of this earth. Oh, see, she, she, something happens when we get to the point where we have to have a move of God. I'm not talking about good church services. I'm talking about a move of God. If we have a move of God, we'll have good church services. I'm talking about marriages restored. I'm talking about wayward sons and daughters coming home. I'm talking about people coming to the kingdom. I'm talking about atheists getting born again. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the sick getting healed. I'm, I, I'm, I'm talking about that. I'm talking about worship being sang on the street corners, right? I'm talking about checkout lines are no longer grumping, uh, speaking really the worship language of hell by complaining about how long it's taking to get through the line, but actually becomes the time of God just did this in my life, and you start to hear praises of the Lord lifted up all over the place everywhere you go. Like, I believe it's actually possible, and the Lord wants to birth it in this hour. So, 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 so I've, I've read part of this before, but I want to read this statement because I think it's a, it's a picture. Again, the, the, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, meaning if he's done it once, it's permission to believe it can happen again. And so the Hebrides revival of 1949, the, it, again, I've told this part, but, but I, I think it's so significant because I think it's a real-life picture of what was going on. These people, this group of 7 to 10 people got this burden to pray 2 Chronicles 7, 14, that if my people, <laughs> if my people who, who well, I'm totally butchering, but you know the point. <laughs> but, but if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I would hear from heaven and then I I would heal their land. And so, so here's this picture of they begin to take that verse serious. And every night at 10 p.m. for months, from 10 p.m. to approximately 4 or 5 in the morning, for months they would go and they would pray that verse. They would pray that verse. They would pray that verse. And right before the revival broke out, a nameless farmer stood up and he said this, Lord, you made a promise. Are you going to fulfill it? He's talking about this verse. He said, you made a promise. Are you going to fulfill it? We believe that you're a covenant-keeping God. And will you be true to your covenant? You have said that you will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. Lord, I know how these ministers stand in your presence. I want you to understand, this is a lay person. I know how these ministers stand in your presence. But if I know my own heart where I stand, I tell thee that I am thirsty. Come on. 
Oh, I am thirsty for a manifestation of your presence and your power. And Lord, before I sit down, I want to tell you that your honor is at stake. And so here's this man and this group of people that they prayed faithfully that the Lord would come. And they got to this point where they were so broken over the condition of the world around them. Not so, they, weren't, they were not broken so they could have an easier and better life. They were broken over the condition of the world around them. And they begin to pray this verse. And he stands up and says, Lord, I'm thirsty. I need you to touch me. And by the way, your honor and your name is at stake. We're doing what we can. You said in your word would you begin to hold your end of the bargain up oh God and the Lord began to pour his spirit out there in this place or these islands and I've told you all this story but every town in that uh, in that island chain got touched by a move of God except for one town which had two missionaries in that town and the town with the religious people did not get touched by the Lord but every single other town there was physical manifestations of the move of the Holy Spirit and so I don't want to be the group that's not touched because we get in the way. I don't want to be the one that says, I don't understand what that looks like. Show me where that's at in the Bible. Show me where that's at in the Bible. I don't want to be those people. I want to be the ones that sees the Lord come. I want to be the one that sees in Louisville as it is in heaven, right? I want to be the one that sees in my house as it is in heaven. I want to be the one that sees these things. And so I want to live with a broken and contrite heart. You've heard the story. I told you bars closed, police stations closed, uh, jails closed. The police actually began to usher the, the, the worship services. The police actually had nothing to do, so the police actually formed choirs and began to go from church to church to church and sing little choir sings because they had nothing to do because the outpouring of the Spirit came. So in our day, it would look like the strip clubs closed. In our day, it would look like the abortion clinic closed. In our day, it would look like that the, that the, uh, the, the bars closed. In our day, it would look like sex trafficking came to an end. In our day, it would look like the, the, the public gambling things would begin to close. It would, all these things would close because people would begin to cry out for a manifestation of the glory of God. And the Lord is giving us, I think, man, what a time to be alive, right? What a time to be here. Just like Esther, Mordecai said, you were born for such a time as this. Maybe we're on the planet right here and right now because the Lord says, finally, I've got a group of people. Finally, i got some people that's hungry. Finally, i got some people that don't care about their reputations anymore. And they're going to go after me with everything that I have and I'm going to begin to trust them with what I have. I just see the Lord doing this. And here's the deal, when revival finally comes, we've had tastes. We've had tastes. We haven't seen the full thing yet. I'm thankful for what I have, but there's more. I heard Bill Johnson say revival always comes in seed form. Or revival is the kingdom in seed form. So it's just a little glimpse of what it's like. And it's up to us to steward it, to nurture it, to do whatever we can to see this thing grow. It's not our job to hold on to it, afraid that we're going to lose it. <laughs> okay, biblical stewardship is increased, not holding on. Okay, 
All right, so revival, when it comes and really comes, it has to be for the Lord's glory. That's why I love they, the team today saying it's, it's all for your glory. Glory, it's yours, it's yours, it's yours, it's yours. That wasn't planned, but that's what they ended up going into, and they didn't know what I was going to teach on today, but the Lord did. Okay, because what the Lord does in this house is for his glory. It's, it's not so we can put the little logo River City and be like, bump, 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 brand it, bump. Let's see what we can do and create a merchandising thing. That's not what the Lord wants. I'm all for brain. I'm all for those things. I'm just saying the Lord isn't looking for us to start an enterprise to make ourselves famous. He's not looking for it, man. And that's what, so that, like in, in today's society, that's what we're quick to do. It's like, well, let's get this, 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 this. We create all this stuff, and we're like, okay, we've got it branded. we got the market cornered on it. This is not the only place where the Lord is moving on the earth. And I'm thankful for that. But he's moving here. <laughs> so so this, this is what's my, my, my microphone's like. I'm sweating really bad, so it's like moving all over the place. <laughs> She made a vow. Verse 11, this is what's amazing. Listen, listen to her heart. She made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a son, then I will give, to, give him to the Lord all the days of his life. And no razor shall ever come to his head. She, she's, she's essentially saying, if you give me what I'm requesting, I want to make sure he lives with a Nazarite vow. Nazarites, they, they didn't cut their hair, they, 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 they didn't drink wine, and they did not touch dead things. That was like the three things that they could not do. They just did not do that. And, and, and so she says, I'm going to consecrate it fully to him. Now, now for us, it's like, well, what, what, what does that look like today? The, the, the not cutting the hair, I think today, that is a prophetic picture of, of, of what, what Peter wrote, that you are a peculiar people. You actually stand out and look different because you're not, just, you're not simply not cutting this portion of your hair like they were talking, but you're just letting this whole thing go. And for us, it looks like people that begin to have fire in their eyes. And for us, it looks like people, when everyone else is grumping and complaining, we're filled with hope, right? When everyone else is pessimistic, we're speaking words of hope. When everyone else is mad, we're filled with joy. It's, it's, this, thing, thing, it's this picture of us saying, it doesn't matter what everything, what's going on around us. We're going to live this way, and we know it's going to look different, and we know we're going to stand out, not to draw attention to ourselves, but we can say, in the midst of all of this, He's still good, right? He's still kind. Now, I think that Nazarites, they didn't drink wine. I, I think that's a prophetic picture of today of us beginning to live a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. He's looking for people that live a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. I'm not going to tell you how much you should pray and how much you should fast. I'm just really, really believing more and more and more it ought to be a regular occurrence in our life. Not just the first 21 days of the year. And the Nazarites didn't touch dead things, which, which really, I think, like, when you think about this, like, like if, if Hannah would have died, Samuel is who she ends up giving birth to, I, you know, spoiler alert, but anyway, like, like if, if, if his mom would have died, he couldn't have went back and touched her. Like, he could not have physically buried her because he could not touch any dead thing. That is a prophetic picture of a no-compromise lifestyle. 
And that is a prophetic picture of us saying, you know what, I'm going to live my life. And it's not, if it's not enhancing my life, and I say enhance, I'm not talking about stuff. But if it's not feeding my spirit, man, I'm not going to begin to touch that thing. And I'm not preaching, Lee. I'm just saying this is just what the Lord is looking for. Because he's looking for that word, that peculiar people, peripoiesis, one solely belonging to another. The Lord is looking for people that says, I, I'm not going to compromise no matter what the climate is around me. That's, that's us saying, like, I know, I know that, I, I, like, and, and like I, I struggle with this sometimes, not in the sense of me, but I struggle with this sometimes in the context of being a parent because sometimes I feel like I'm the parent that doesn't let my child do certain things or watch certain things, see certain things, and, I, and it's like, man, I just believe that's not edifying, and so we're not going to do that. It's, it's, it's saying, you know what, I understand, but we're not going to do that because we serve the Lord, and I don't do it to be mean, and I don't do it because I'm trying to be vindictive. I'm not doing it because I'm trying to to call the cause of whatever to, to, to prove a point I'm doing it because I don't want to live with any compromise in my life I want to always speak the words of truth I don't want to exaggerate I don't want to tell lies. I want to do any of those things I want to be a man of unwavering unwavering dedication unto the Lord and 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 like I'll never ever forget it was two years ago it was two years ago we had a valentine's function here and I received the greatest compliment from my bride that I've ever received in my life we were playing a silly game I don't, we were over in the other sanctuary. We were playing a silly game where, like, newlywed thing or whatever, and we were asking the other spouses questions or our spouses questions, and it was, what is the thing that you most appreciate about your significant other, your spouse? And my wife looked, and I didn't know it, and she said, you're a man that does not compromise on your belief. The Lord's looking for this. And the compromise here... The compromise here is when revival comes that, again, we, we want, we, it's not so we can grow our church. We want our church to grow, but it's not so we can grow our church. It's so that the glory of the Lord is spread here on the earth. There's, there is a difference. Like, like and, I, and I've, I've just seen it. It's, it's this picture of like, I'm not, I'm not looking to what the Lord does here to leverage it into, into this, that, or the other. It's like the, what the Lord is doing here is what God has called us to do, and it's, it's not this, that, or the other. And, and, and I think you understand, like there's some that will take a promotion so they can get another promotion. They leverage it into something. And I just think the Lord just wants people to just say, it's just because of the Lord. All right. Thank you, Lord. Now, I've, I've talked about this point a lot, but in the context of this story, I think it's important to point out, but your hunger for revival will be misunderstood. Now it came about that she continued praying before the Lord that Eli was watching her mouth. As, Hannah, as, as for Hannah, she was speaking in her heart, and only her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. So Eli thought she was drunk. And then Eli said to her, how long will you make yourself drunk? Put that wine away from you. He thought she, she, he thought she was drunk. And it wasn't uncommon for them to go to, the, go to the temple and drink. That wasn't uncommon in that hour. But she was misunderstood. See, as we go after the Lord, and especially what we believe we're going after, you will be misunderstood by friends, by family, by peers. It's just going to happen. And I, I, I'm okay with that. Like, like I've, I've done jumped over the cliff. I've done drank the Kool-Aid. I'm like, I'm in. Yeah. 
I'm in, okay? It's not, it's not, but you have to get to the point where you're like, I'm in on this. You have to, because if not, it'll eat you alive because you will be misunderstood. And it'll be like, well, you're the, you're the eccentric people. You're the people that worship for an hour. You're the, you're the people that pray and fast on your day-to-day lives. You're the, you're, you're the people that, that actually believe that what is in here actually applies to you today. You actually believe the sick can get healed. You actually believe people can get delivered and set free. Like, like we believe this stuff, and when you start to believe what's written in here, people think, you're a lunatic and not and, my, and most of the people that think you're a lunatic are other believers it's not even people that don't know Jesus and so so you've got to get to the point where you're okay with it but but also stand up for what you believe in but when you stand up for what you believe in you do it in love and you do it in honor listen to what she did I, listen like my wife bless her heart she's helped me live and honor the last few weeks more often than not because I read something I'm like that's not right and I'm type something up and respond she's like now Michael and so I delete it (laughs) I delete it don't hit publish don't hit post because I want to be a man of integrity and honor and she wants to be married to a man that lives in integrity and lives in honor and listen to Hannah's response he's like you're drunk and she replied no my lord she wasn't talking to God. It wasn't low or uppercase Lord. It was lowercase L. And she says, no, my Lord, no, sir. Recognizing his position, no, sir. I'm a woman who's oppressed in the spirit. I'm a woman who's brokenhearted. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant. Again, she's talking, she's, she's, she's admitting where she is in relation to him, she's like, I'm just, listen, I just want to honor you, but I'm not drunk, and I'm not offended by what you thought. I've spoken out until now of my great concern and provocation. I, can't, I cannot tell you, like, how crucial this is. I, I cannot tell you how crucial and how hard it is. And I'll be honest, like, I struggle more like you want to, you want to say, like, read something about me, like whatever, whatever. But you want to talk about my friends, <laughs> the people I've lived life with, or the people that I've looked up to for years and years and years, and the people that I understand the road that they've walked to get to where they are. Like you start, like then it rises up in me. <laughs> for those of us that are parents, it's like. Like, you want to talk bad about it, that's fine. But you talk about our kids, like, it's on, right? Like, that's how we feel. Like, like the, the mother's watching this, you're like, mama bear comes out quick, right? And so, but, 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 the, but Hannah, she gives us this picture of us who are contending for a revival. And, and again, like, to me, revival isn't services. It's a lifestyle, okay? It's day in and day out. But when we start to go after that, people will misunderstand and they will ridicule, they will point, they will do all these things. And I'm telling you, it is not up to you to defend your honor. It is not up to you to convince anyone. It is solely up to us how we respond and love to them. We respond and love to them and, and say, with all due respect, 
you don't you just don't understand what the Lord's done for me or whatever it is. Like I like I I think even my own life it's like why why are you fight why like and I'm not I'm not talking about myself but I, I just think I'm thinking man if you knew the stuff that Jesus set me free of and not the stuff that I've testified about but the stuff that like I don't want to speak out in public sometimes because I'm really embarrassed of what He has set me free of. Like if you understood what He set me free of, you would be eccentric too, right? If you understood what he delivered me from, you would be passionate and fiery too. If you understood the things that I have seen with my own eyes or witnessed with my hands, you would be this way too. It's like he has done these things and not even in my own life. If you've seen the thing, like if if you've been somewhere and you saw a boy that couldn't walk and he got up and ran across the room, like that would mess up your paradigm forever. And it's like, I don't care what anyone else says. I want to give my life to seeing that day in and day out and it doesn't matter and so I'm saying we need to be okay we need to be okay with being a peculiar people because it serves as an invitation for the world around us it serves as an invitation to come into it and her prayer her cry actually gave birth to this I'm going to skip ahead to one verse for 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 time's sake but but for first Samuel 127 I already gave the spoiler alert but it says this give me my petition which I asked of him because she gave birth to a prophet who identified the future king of Israel, King Saul. And then he influenced, he identified King David. And, and here on the earth, because we begin to cry out for a move the way that things are. We're thankful for the way things are. We're thankful for what the Lord has done in our hearts. We honor what the Lord's done in our hearts. We honor what the Lord has done in our church. We do not despise the day of small beginnings, but we say, Lord, You've created us for more. Lord, you've created us for the deep end. It's that picture of Ezekiel 47, right? Where the water begins as a trickle out from the altar of the temple. And the further and deeper, the further it gets from the temple, the deeper it gets. And the further it gets, the more things it touches and it brings life. It turns salt water into fresh water. It turns deserts into places that begin to bloom. It actually has the tree that, that perpetually bears fruit 12 months out of the year. It's this picture of living life going after the deep things things of God because we recognize that if we're going to see a move of the Spirit, we got to go further than we are now. And so I just want to pray. I, I could go all day today. I'm not even kidding. And I'm out of notes. <laughs> but I, I, I'm just saying the Lord, the Lord wants to do something. Like that isn't even, that's, you don't even have to be prophetic to say that. The Lord wants to do something. No joke but he's looking for people that are ready to start partnering with him. It'll say, I want revival. I'm going to give my life for this. There's a lot of things I've wanted in my life. A lot of things the Lord's blessed me and allowed me to have an experience. But the one thing I want more than anything is to be part of an authentic, true blue outpouring of his Holy Spirit. Like I know many of you do too or you wouldn't be attending this church or linked up with us. I know that. I feel like that's what we were put on the earth for. I feel like that's what I was put on the earth for. I want something. 
I want something Phineas, not Phineas Brzee, but J.B. Chapman said in 1949, he said, I want something so pure, so something so tangible, and something so fresh, and yet something that cannot be controlled. I want something like that, man. So I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to pray. So, Lord, <laughs> I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your kindness. I would pray that you would raise up Hannah's in this time. I pray that you would raise up people that would go and say, I'm going to embrace that process of being purified right now, God. I think right now you're just now starting to answer prayers that I prayed 13 years ago because you need to even purify my own heart, Lord. And so now I'm thinking, what are you wanting to purify right now so you can release 13 years from now, Lord? So I'm asking Jesus, begin to pour yourself out. I'm asking, Lord, to give that burden. Begin to break our hearts for what's going on in this earth, Lord. Begin to break our hearts that people don't know you, Lord. And I would pray, Lord, that you help us to honor all the way. I pray that you would help us not to get mad and not to get angry. I would pray, Lord, that you help us to honor, but to stand firm in what we have seen and witnessed and experienced and what we believe, God. We will not be a people that shrink back. We will not be, be a people that quit. We will not be a people that acquiesce. We will be a people that will say, this son, this thing, this thing that you have birthed, the Lord answered our petitions for it. So, Father, I love you and I thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you.